This is the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast, covering sports on the shore with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mike. Sparing no expense here on Time Out with Shore Sports. We brought in the marching band, Mark Potter, Mike Bradley. They're doing a dynamic job. Yes. Fantastic job. Week number 10, podcast number 10, flying by. It is. And the first week of high school sports in the books now. And my goodness, just good stuff. I mean, the games, I don't want to say chalk. But, I, I would, I but, would, but it was yeah because yeah, your picks, okay. you were unbeaten in picks this week six and zero oh. yeah yeah very nice happy start. about that. Now there was one game that gave me a little uh, heartburn at the end of the first half, but things went as I expected. Ultimately, they would. But yeah, not not a bad start uh, this week. There'll be at least one difficult game to uh, choose from for sure. Yeah, and Easton no longer kings of the north. <laughs> so. Again, that was in the spring. That's my opinion. Yeah. But you're right. I guess technically, if you want to view that, hey, they're the king of the north until or kings of the north until they get knocked off, and that if you want to go by that mentality, that's fine. It's a different team, though, at least a little bit of a different team. Sure, it is. So. And uh, high school sports season underway coming up today. We'll talk about all of those games that took place this past uh, weekend: yeah. high school football, some field hockey, and volleyball. But I want to start off with something that we learned. In the post-game wrap-up, the Docs uh, Downtown Grill post-game wrap-up, and that was that Queen Anne's County waived all grade requirements for all their student-athletes in the fall. In previous years, it would be you had to have a C, a 2.0. Some counties was 1.5, but it's a 2.0 now. Well, because of the pandemic and all of that, Queen Anne's County says, you know what? We'll take everybody. And that explains why numbers are higher in Queen Anne's County compared to some of these other counties. And talking with Dorchester County and talking with Caroline County and Talba County, numbers are down because kids aren't eligible because they struggled with the home you know, learning last year. Well, and you know another place where there's no minimum that needs to be met in order to play? Frederick County. And where do we find some of the best football in the state of Maryland? Frederick County, especially in the 2A, maybe 3A a little bit as well. I don't think that's a coincidence. <laughs> Is that just this year? Is that all the time uh, th- this year this okay year. Yeah. yeah no so, i don't think that was all the time but this yeah. year that's the case yeah. so but they you know they bent the rules a little bit to make that happen and uh, yeah, part of me feels like you know what good for them the other part of me feels like there is the student in the part of student athlete the one the one thing i would say in being okay with that is that certainly i think we've learned that zoom learning was I'm trying to be diplomatic. Zoom learning was not very successful. And so a lot of students struggled, and it wasn't their fault necessarily because that was the only medium that they had to be able to learn. Well, some students struggled, and then there were some that didn't even log on. And, Mark, for those that didn't give it an effort, ultimately that's on them. And you're right. There are those that, with a lack of a a minimum standard to be met, they get away with it. Others genuinely struggled. So you're right. It's a mixture of how that all came to be. So in the grand scheme of things, the first grade check will come out. The interim reports come out, I believe, after four, four and a half weeks. 
and that's when Queen Anne's County's grades will kick in. So it's important for those kids to make sure that this first you know, grading period, they do really well yeah. so that they can make sure that they stay eligible. As they should, because the student comes first and student athlete. Now, you interviewed head coach Al Waters after the game of the post game, and I, I asked via email on Sunday of Coach Waters, can you, again, explain to me the situation with the specific player that we were talking about that was ineligible to play, and he found out about that at noon on Friday, just out Hours before kickoff at North Carolina. Yeah, now there's a player that was uh, ineligible in Dorchester County at Cambridge South Dorchester High School. And uh, he has a tough living situation. And uh, at that point, he went to Queen Anne's County because it was an opportunity. He could play football there and all of that. And he was able to find a home there. Okay. And, and a place to live and be able to you know, go to school and what have you. Uh, and, and, yeah, he he was ineligible, and that's the important part. He was ineligible in Dorchester County. Every kid is eligible in Queen Anne's County unless you transfer in from another county, and then their rules apply. Bingo. And according to him, that's an MPSSAA rule. Correct. That it's where you came from in your eligibility, not where you're going to. Correct. So, like you said, a kid's been practicing with him. He thought he was eligible. Um, they, they, they waived the 45-day minimum for him. Uh, as far as the rules here around in the Bayside is, you move somewhere, you got to wait 45 days before you, you know, become eligible in that new school. There is a process that you can go through to where they waive those rules. And in this situation, because of his living arrangements, they waive that rule. What they couldn't waive was the grades. Was the academic part of it. Right. And Coach Waters said he was a two-way player. He is a two-way player, or will be when he's eligible. And he was on four out of the five special teams. The only thing he could do with the team is study hall. So now, does that player make a 20-point difference against North Carolina? Probably not. But could it have changed at least somewhat the outcome of the game ended up being? Potentially, yeah. We'll talk about that game and a whole lot more when we come out. When we come back with Time Out with Shore Sports, right here with Mark and Mike. More coming up next. If someone you know is exhibiting signs of depression or withdrawal, take time to connect. Ask, are you okay? Listen closely and without judgment. Share mental health resources. For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center is here for anyone struggling with a mental health challenge. Visit forallseasonsinc.org. That's forallseasonsinc.org. It's okay to ask for help. For All Seasons is here for you. This portion of Time Out with Shore Sports is brought to you by College Placement Consulting, providing invaluable college planning and high school guidance from sophomore through senior year. Let the dedicated professionals at College Placement Consulting help your child prepare for college. Go online to schedule a no-obligation appointment now at collegeplacementconsulting.com. So we said we'd talk about this past weekend's high school football games. North Carolina was our Preston Ford Game of the Week. Brought to you by Best Western Plus Easton and Four All Seasons. And... A great game. It really was a great game. And I got to start off. Gavin Parker filled in for Matt Griffith this week. 
And I thought Gavin Parker did a heck of a job. He did. He did. And his, uh, it, I'll say, institutional knowledge of the Bayside obviously helped a lot. And with him just fresh off of the spring season, uh, could provide a lot of insight. And absolutely, for his first time in the booth, I, I was really impressed. Absolutely. So North Carolina got two huge big play runs. A 56-yarder and a 72-yarder from Owen Doyle that really proved to be the difference in that game. But i got to talk about T.J. Bunce and his quarterbacking. I mean, he hit McFadden a couple of times out in the flat where McFadden was uncovered. And Al Waters said in the uh, Docs Riverside Grill postgame wrap-up that the kid that had to sit would have been covering that guy coming out of the back. But he wasn't there. So, and neither was anybody else for that matter. Yeah, that, no, you're right. And that's that's just sometimes how things roll with that. And uh, Bunce, by the way, had a touchdown run himself uh, in that game. Uh, no, I believe he did. No, no that was, um, yes, you're right. It was a quarterback sneak. You're yeah, right. He had yeah. a quarterback sneak. Uh, think in that. back for a second. But to your point, yeah, I mean, that's that's the way things roll sometimes. Now, again, that's that's one score there that uh, or a couple of passes there but you know does that does that one player make a 20 point difference i don't know but it, it certainly could have been a closer game though uh to uh, to that end it, it felt like it was a closer game at, t- at times it, at times it did I, I would agree with you on that you know and and i said that to coach al waters in the post game i felt like it had been a closer game but the score doesn't indicate that but if you think about it north carolina got the short field on the one uh, bad snap from the punt. Yeah. But overall, and, and going back, uh, the, the uh, uh, Ashley, who was filming the game for us, and we'll be putting these videos coming up on our uh, our website, it's a website at com. Uh, the there was a bad snap on the extra point attempt from Queen Anne's first touchdown when they converted it. Seawald ended up converting it into a two-point conversion when he picked it up off the ground and rolled around and got into the end zone. But yeah, it was a very competitive game, but man, it was a hard hitting game too. Well, and you expected that. You absolutely expected that. And look, uh, you know, Owen Doyle had a couple of big runs, and obviously North Carolina was able to execute their ground game and some passes in the air. Uh, but to that end, with Queen Anne's KJ Smothers, twenty one carries, hundred seventy seven yeah. yards. He was a bell cow as you expected him to be. So he had success on the ground. It didn't equal points in the end zone, but he certainly did his job. The problem, though, even with that ground attack. Uh, after a while with the score, you get predictable when you need to throw the ball. North Carolina knows that, and the protection up front uh, for the pass wasn't there, and you had Devin Wright running for his life. He was just 4-10 for 61 yards. He did have a touchdown pass and an interception. He was sacked four times. Yeah, every bit of four times. I mean, and, uh, he took a beating, but... He's just a sophomore, and there were a lot of young players on that field for Queen Anne's, and Alwater said, I'm not making excuses, and he says young is not an excuse. Right, but we knew that we knew yeah. that they were coming in with a young team, and it's one of these uh, situations where I think you're going to see as time goes on, because Coach Waters has certainly proven himself to be a good coach, especially on the defensive side, that you're going to see Queen Anne's get better, maybe on defense faster than offense, and I say offense, maybe the ground game is there, uh, the passing game has work uh, to be, or excuse me, needs work, uh, but this is a program much in the same way I think with Cambridge that by week seven, eight, nine, I think you'll likely see a much different team. Well, and on top of that, you had kids playing positions they'd never played before. You know, Brian Patrick lined up at wide receiver. Another kid lined up at wide receiver and went in motion 
from the wide receiver position on the line of scrimmage, which is an automatic flag. So their kids were playing out of position, and a week of practice for the Queen Anne's Lions is going to do them a lot of good. Sure, absolutely. And you also have, and I know that prior to Coach Waters, the last two years under Coach Griff, uh, they uh, ran a, uh, a spread zone read type offense, but that was radically different from the double wing uh, that they had run for all those years previous to it. Now they go to a pistol. But I think just the fact that it's going to take some time for some of these programs like Queen Anne's and, again, Cambridge as well, that are implementing at least more of a passing game concept to the offense. It's going to take some time for all that to cycle through because the JV teams and maybe in some cases, and I'm not intimately familiar with what the uh, rec teams run in Queen Anne's County, if they were similar to what Coach Gray ran at the high school level, but it may take some time for all that to cycle through where the new offense is something that's uniform and guys in the program uh, through the years are used to it. Right now, I think there's still that transition period. And probably the biggest transition mark is the offensive line, who in most cases aren't used to doing a lot of pass blocking. Yeah, And losing your first game isn't a bad thing. I mean, it's okay. You can still get in the playoff race. Doesn't have to define your season. Right. Yeah. But... You're going to have to start turning things around starting this week. Right, because that's a two-way East matchup there, yeah. especially, too. So if it came down to a tiebreaker, for instance, right? Absolutely. The other big two-way East matchup you said in your power poll that got released yesterday at shortsportsmd.com, Easton jumped out to a 14 nothing lead. The whole first half, Ken Island ran 10 plays. Mm-hmm. It was a dominating performance for Easton. In talking to folks that were at the game and that have seen the game, they say Easton got a little too cute in the second half and didn't stick to what was working in the first half. And that may initially have been because they were expecting Ken Island to make adjustments, and we know how good Ken Island is defensively and their defensive coordinator. So maybe that they were uh, overthinking it and that they were expecting Ken Island to make adjustments and take that away, so they felt like they had to do something different. I think ultimately, though, you keep going with it until they stop it, but be prepared to do something else once they do. Well, and I wasn't there, you weren't there, so when somebody says they got to be too cute, I have no idea. Yeah, that's their interpretation. That's their interpretation. So I don't know what they meant by that other than they weren't doing what was working in the first half. They had gotten away from that. Right. Whereas Ken Island you know, they scored what twenty eight points in four minutes or something. You know, something like that. I, I think it was twenty one. Uh, ultimately, they scored twenty eight unanswered. But I think twenty one in a span of four minutes. A couple of special uh, special teams plays really contributed to that. In fact, to two of the four scores in the second half for thanks to special teams. Absolutely. So you know, it's one of those things that Ken Island. I don't want to say they needed this season opening win, but they needed this season opening win because. It puts them on a level playing field as they continue to go through. We'll talk about their opponent this week. It's it's going to be Colonel. We'll talk about that later on. But, right. you know, it's nice to know that you had a group of kids down 14 nothing, and there was no quit in them. Yeah. And I think that you take out of that victory more than anything else. And a couple of notes in that game. Coach Ferragamo, after the game, said that all of his running backs – 
were getting their first varsity experience. So that's a big deal. Now, four of the five offensive linemen are returning. So they had help up front. Matt Burnside's a four-year starter. And uh, in the game, he had a touchdown pass. I think it was eight of ten for a little under 100 yards. Conversely, though, Kevin O'Connor making his first start. Big shoes to fill with his brother Ryan, having had a lot of success at Easton and going to the University of Delaware. Uh, In the first half, Kevin O'Connor had a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown. And then late in the game of the second half, he had another passing touchdown. So I would say all in all, he certainly showed what he's capable of doing both with his arm and with his legs. He's much more of a run threat than his brother was. His brother would extend plays, so he was mobile in that regard, but they didn't run him. And obviously, for obvious reasons, they didn't run him specifically on a lot of plays because of his throwing ability. But I think Kevin is a bigger guy in general, and he can probably withstand the punishment. And so he is going to be one of the run threats that they have. You mentioned the quarterback, Matt Burnside. He was 6 of 8 for 141 yards and a touchdown. Okay, more yards than I thought. And and Kevin O'Connor, 16 for 29. So he wasn't as efficient. 147 yards and two touchdowns. But But still, for your first start as a sophomore, I'll take that stat line. And to be fair to O'Connor, you can't compare him to his brother after one game. Oh, certainly not. No, certainly not. It's going to be interesting to watch him progress over the year. A kid that's already uh, gotten a uh, invite uh, from University of Virginia. Yeah, you know he's already gotten a scholarship offer from UVA. The thing, I guess, in the second half of that game, just quickly, too, though, with Easton's defense, they weren't on the field much in the first half. So they wore down in the second half. And you wonder, uh, when, again, Ken Island had two two other scores, I think, with fairly short fields. So you wonder, how did they wear down? But Coach McGlinchey, after the game, he said, we're not in the shape we need to be, at least defensively. So that's something that they're obviously going to have to work on and get better at real quick. Which really surprises me, because they've had their full preseason whereas in the spring it wasn't like that you know so you know it's whose fault is it that they're out of shape you know so you need to get them in shape and there is a difference between practice shape and game shape yeah let's switch our attention real quick off of football and go to volleyball uh queen anne's county high they got their season started on friday night they hosted bow manor didn't go well for the lions uh but I always, as a former coach in with the indoor sports, like with basketball and baseball, and you know, everybody makes the postseason in the state of Maryland. You know, football's the only one that doesn't. The exception, so, right. So to me, every game is a scrimmage, and that's the way I approached every single game. The only thing you're playing for is playoff rankings. You know, you'd love to have a home meet, but Queen Anne's, they got swept three three games none. But I think this is going to be a team. They lost a lot of players from last year to graduation. I think this is going to be a team that will get better as the season goes on. And they just need a little bit more time playing together. And we talked about ultimately, yes, seeding matters, but you want to be playing your best ball ultimately you know, late in the season when you're going into the playoffs. And I don't know with volleyball necessarily if there's a lot of a home court advantage, so maybe seeding doesn't matter as much, although certainly opponent that you're playing factors into it. But you're right, Mark, at the end of the day, you want to be playing your best ball later. So this is a development season in some regards. As a coach, I always wanted to play in a tough tournament. And Ken Island's field hockey team did just that this weekend. They went to Broadneck. They played two really good teams. They played River Hill and Mount DeSellis. And they lost 4-3 to River Hill, a very good field hockey team, and 2-1 
to Mount DeSalis. And that's a team that we got to watch this year in the Bayside, not just in the North, but the North and South, the whole conference, because they they got speed and they've got a lot of talent and they've got a new coach in Laura Harding. So I, I think they went out and said, you know what, we want to be in that tournament. And that's only going to make them better because tournament games don't count against your overall record anyway. Yeah. Well, we've talked about that with scrimmages as well with football. I've been impressed uh, much in the same way as you just talked about with what Ken Island uh, did with field hockey. I've been impressed with the matchups that have been scheduled in the scrimmages during summer camp. That's really important because, right, playing against as good or better competition will only make you better uh, for the season upcoming, and it's a good litmus test for you. Uh, so that's uh, certainly a good thing. And um, with uh, Ken Island, or actually with field hockey, I should say, Mark, one of the things we learned at Media Day is you know playing on grass and turf are different, and we have different surfaces throughout the Bayside. So some games that may favor a team and other games playing on grass, it may not favor a team. Can I just say we need to get to turf fields on all the high schools around here? Yeah, I mean, it certainly makes a lot of sense from not only a logistical standpoint and being able to get games in, but financially as well. Certainly agree with you, Mark, and I hope that we get to that point. We'll turn our attention back to football coming up here on Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Hey Delmarva, it's Chuck Month here at the Preston Autoplex. You can get huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, Lincolns, Mazdas, Nissans, Hyundais, and Genesis, and pre-owned vehicles, all at one location. During Chuck Month, you can get 0% financing on select new vehicles with approved credit. You heard that right, 0% financing. In a time where vehicles are limited for most, we boast having one of the largest inventories on the East Coast. There's hundreds to choose from. Plus, with every new vehicle purchase, you'll receive Preston for Life, a lifetime engine guarantee as our investment in you. You can also text Preston, P-R-E-S-T-O-N, to 43386 to learn more. That number again is 43386. Text Preston. So come see us during Chuck Month here at the Preston Autoplex, located on the corners of routes 318 and 331. And remember, you can always shop for your next vehicle online and we'll deliver right to your door at PrestonMotor.com. And this portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by the Edge Training Academy, where passion meets performance. Located in Stevensville at 112 Long Canoe Circle in the Chesapeake Bay Business Park, now offering 24-hour gym access. More information at theedgetrainingacademy.com. Oh, yeah, we are in episode number 10. My goodness. So this past weekend, I took off and went to uh, Ocean City on Sunday while you were slaving away. <laughs> I know. On, on your power pole. So unfair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you spend more time I, down there. <laughs> I got plenty of time at the beach in the month of August, trust me. So I can't complain. But uh, that place was packed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It'll be by. packed into September, too, yeah. even and, the shoulder season. And I get to thinking, like, wow, I got a reason to go down there more now. High school sports covering with ShoresportsMD.com. That's, that's true, see? There you go. That's right. Very true, very true. Let's get back to talking about the other high school football games that took place this week, this past weekend. It's a timeout with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. And, uh, well, Cambridge South Dorchester, Toby Pier. his first game is at Milford. And Milford's a pretty good football team, I think. 
Yeah, they're a solid program. Uh, they lamented nine seniors, but some programs in the Bay Side they'll take nine seniors. But yes, Milford is a solid program. And Mark, it's one that played in the Henlopen South as one of the bigger schools. Then they got moved to the Henlopen North as one of the smaller schools. And then in the spring, they played a hybrid. So they've played a lot of different teams. And there's a lot of good high school football in Delaware. So that's a program that's battle tested. And one of the biggest differences in the game where Cambridge was breaking in a new quarterback or actually ended up playing two four-year starter for Milford. So you watched a little bit of that game online. Uh, Of the two quarterbacks, which one looked better, or did you not get to see enough because our game started? Yeah, I I can't say that I saw enough of the both of them. Now, later in the game, LaBelle had a long touchdown pass, and he showed his arm a few times in some deep passes. But it was clear that the offense, even down to snaps, shotgun snaps and meshes sometimes, uh, there's still a lot of work that has to be done offensively with Cambridge as they're installing uh, much more of of a passing offense. That's not to say that I think they would like to be balanced, but they're installing a passing portion that, again, the program is not used to on a regular basis. So there were struggles there. Um, they had a lot, a short field to deal with most of the second quarter. The defense, because of the offensive struggles, the defense was unfortunately let out to, to dry for too long, and they've got a really good back in, in Civils there in Milford who ran uh, for a ton on them. Uh, but they didn't, they didn't give up. They fought, and the fact that they scored two touchdowns late in the game shows that you know they uh, that they played as best they could for four quarters. And in your post game wrap up and talking with uh, uh, Toby Peer from the Edge Training Academy Studios uh, in the contest after the contest, it seemed like he was still pretty high on his team, and they just know that they have some work to do. So it sounds like he's being pretty patient. Yeah, absolutely. I think he knows the situation. Again, Mark, you and I interviewed him uh, in early to mid July. He took over, which is weeks before the season started. Really didn't get a chance to see his team until basically the day they handed out uniforms. Weather uh, deterred them from being out on the field. Now, they probably could use some of that gym time installing new offense, defense, special teams, but absolutely, uh, it's going to take a while. Just like with Queen Anne's and maybe even a little bit longer, this is a program that ultimately always usually has a lot of talent. This is a solid coaching staff. So it's just a matter of time to get everybody on the same page, get them used to the the new schemes, and, uh, and I think by the end of the year, they'll be fine, and certainly next year, I see this program continuing to do what they've usually always done that's won a lot of games you know after this weekend i don't know what to think is jm bennett that bad or is decatur that good or is a combination of the two well it's a combination of the two but i usually hate giving that answer i I would say it's more that decatur is one of the best teams in the bayside and that's why i had them preseason ranked number four uh they ultimately could win it all they have the chance to be the most balanced team both offensively and defensively and if they up their running game offensively they'll have a balance within their offense so i I think it's more on decatur but bennett is certainly though you'd like to have thought that coming off of two big losses to decatur in the spring you'd like to think that game was more competitive you'd like to have seen a little bit more out of them in terms of making plays or not making mistakes but that simply didn't happen but i would say it's more how good decatur is compared to the situation with bennett absolutely and you know you just i i feel for dustin mills he's got to be frustrated as well going through that and with him it is a process he said it's more than just about football and wins and losses and all that but, you know, to lose 65 nothing, that's tough. 
Yeah, and, and they lost, I think, 75 nothing in one of the games in the spring uh, to Decatur, and the other one was not far off from those two scores. So uh, no question about that. He lost one of his offensive linemen to an injury who was an all-bayside guy. The other uh, tackle, that is, I think they were both tackles, the other tackle decided to focus on his grades. And Now, look, he does have 13 seniors, though. He has a, a senior quarterback at Sam Blackman. He does have some guys there. And I just wonder if they have to continue to reevaluate about what they're doing, maybe even schematically. Do we need to simplify things? Do we need to change things up to really maximize what we do well and get the most out of the best players we have? You know, are we trying to do too much? And I'm not saying they are, but I think that's a question that they really have to quickly go to the uh, drawing board and figure it out quickly. But this isn't a case of where Jake Coleman and company ran this game up. I mean, no. uh, Snellsire was four, what's uh, what, four or five? For seventy nine yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Okay. To uh, Bryce Col- Bryson Coleman. Yeah. His his backup, Bryson Coleman, right. was three for four with ninety six yards. Mm-hmm. So they had one hundred and seventy five yards passing. They had one hundred and fourteen yards rushing. That's it offensively. When you had. You had an interception return for a touchdown yep. by one of their linebackers in Creason. You had a punt return for a touchdown by Bryson Coleman as well. So some of that came from defense and special teams. And I'm probably missing at least another score or two in there as well that came uh, not via offense. You had a, a number of receivers that actually had rushing touchdowns as compared to um, receiving touchdowns. And look, I, I talk with Coach uh, prior to that game, actually a week or so before that, and uh, he wasn't assuming anything, but he said, you know, if it should be the case that we're having a pretty good game against the Clippers, we're not going to run up the score. But right. if they turn over the ball, if they throw interceptions, you, you know, if they give that. up a special teams touchdown or two, yeah, you can't help that. Exactly, right. Mark. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, Colonel Richardson and why high. Colonel just wanted to fill their game on that schedule. If they could have picked a different opponent, they would. Uh, they didn't have a week one opponent when the schedule originally came out, and they were unable to find one. When why high, their opponent was shut down for COVID Wa- reasons. It was Washington, yeah. You know, then Colonel picked up why high. Yep. And why high is one of your higher ranked teams this year. Yeah, I've done three. And they had quite the first half. They did, and they converted six first half turnovers by Colonel into 42 points and they took advantage of it and did a heck of a job. It was, I believe, 49 points in total in the first mm-hmm. half, and they ended up going on to a big win, 69-12. to 12. Really, the only blemish was they gave up, I believe it was an 84-yard kickoff return by Cam Erickson of the Colonels, and obviously Colonels scored another uh, another touchdown in the second half. But yeah, Wicomico came out strong, took advantage of the turnovers. Look, they would have won that game anyway. I think with Colonel, you lament the fact that you, you give them six turnovers, make them earn it, but they're an impressive team, and again, they have one of, if not the strongest, ground attack in the Bayside. Looking forward to that one this week, and we'll talk more about yeah. that coming up as why uh, High will be playing North Carolina. The only other game uh, on the North Bayside was Kent County and Bow Manor. And uh, Bo Manor came in and kind of surprised me to see him win the way they did. What was it, 43 19, I think? 
Yes, that was the final score. And this is a very, very young Kent County team, so it's expected that they're going to have some growing pains. You're right. I didn't expect the margin to be quite that big, but nonetheless, we know that Kent County also is a work in progress. We talk about Queen Anne's and Cambridge. You know, that's a program as well that certainly you hope by week eight and nine you see uh, a lot of progress between week one and two. But Coach Aiken, he knows what's going on. He knows the deal. He's very upbeat about the program and about the kids and listening and learning and developing. So you know, this year is going to be a development year, Mark, and it's not going to be a year necessarily where the win-loss record looks great. I think it's more about finishing strong and looking ahead, frankly, to 2022. This portion of Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group, is brought to you by Perrette and Moy Therapy Associates, located at 460 Main Street in Stevensville. Let Rick Perrette and the staff get you back to feeling new again. Accepting most insurance policies, so step away from the pain by calling Perrette and Moy Therapy Associates at 410-604-2982. A lot happened this past weekend. We had uh, week one of the college football season as well. And uh, it started Friday night. And a game. Yeah, and uh, one that is near and dear to you. You got, yeah. you got a tie to the winning team. My son sent me videos of the Virginia Tech student body when Inner Sandman started playing. Everybody's jumping, mm-hmm. and you know they run out onto the field. And then when they rush the field at the end of the game, I got a video of that too. Nice, uh, just you know, so now, did cool. he go out of the field? Yes, himself? he did. Yes, he did. Uh, what did it, I mean, for your son's first college experience yes. at a game to have that be the case with the upset unbelievable well we've been to a maryland game but it's not the same you know i mean no it's it's not it's not because the, the tradition over the last 25 years has not been there consistently in maryland the way it's been at Vatech. and you know for him to be you're right for him to be able to experience that the first wow. game and i've never been there i had one kid spent five years there now i got this one i'm going november 13th i can tell you that right now i'm going to watch duke jamie on franklin and duke play virginia tech but it is pretty cool, but how big was it for Virginia to upset number 10 ranked North Carolina, who was obviously a little well, overrated. Virginia Tech, that is, not Virginia. Yeah, Virginia Tech. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> to me, there's only yeah. one school in Virginia. <laughs> well, those are fighting words in the Old Dominion State. But no, I, I, look, it's it's certainly huge because North Carolina got a lot of love with the way uh, that they played last year and and giving it uh, giving a tough game to you know as we know uh, Notre Dame and the fact that Mac Brown has quickly turned that program around. And while they're not Clemson, you've got that mix of you know Miami and North Carolina knocking on the door right there in the uh, in the ACC and yeah for Vatech who who's fallen back a little bit the last couple of years that may be is that is that the statement game for Justin Fuente to say, okay, you know, let's build upon this, that you know, we're not going anywhere, we're going to get back to what I intended us to do, and that's continued the tradition of uh, what Frank Beamer had built. Well, and you're right. Did that save his job? I mean, this Saturday they got Middle Tennessee. Uh, then they have West Virginia who's coming to town. Then Richmond. They really get serious Notre Dame on the 9th of October. Well, West Virginia's not going to be an easy game for them. No, not, absolutely not. But let's talk about West Virginia's opponent this past weekend, Maryland. And Loxley in Maryland just, what an up. To me, I think that was an upset. I wasn't expecting that, you know, from Maryland because they haven't looked well. 
Well, it was it was a slight upset. Uh, the I think the point spread was two or three, okay. so it wasn't a huge upset. But to your point, West Virginia received votes in the AP Top 25 preseason poll. Maryland did not. Uh, I expected that game to be close and competitive, but certainly from those on the outside looking in and those that aren't necessarily a Maryland fan, Mark, certainly – Prove it to me. And that's that's a fair criticism going into the game. Okay, let's see the Terps do it. And they did. In years past, they would have found a way to possibly lose that game. But Maryland showed uh, flashes that is in the spring with their win over Minnesota on the Friday night and then blowing the doors out of Penn State at State College. That was a big deal. And then they should have beaten Rutgers. They lost in overtime at home on December the 12th. But, yeah, that was a huge statement game for Maryland as they unveiled their new football facility, indoor facility. Uh, which is unbelievable, not only the indoor you know, field, the indoor practice field, but the locker room and all that. So that was a big deal. Uh, you know, where the offense came out and showed themselves early, really the defense, I think, deserves more credit in that game because both defenses really settled down and made that a difficult game for the offenses. And the defense came up with some big turnovers. Uh, West Virginia turned over the ball four times, Mark. Maryland, zero. Uh, that's a huge stat there. And that was a big, uh, yeah, that was a big win for them. And, uh, it's a good start in the right direction, but they still have certainly a lot of work to do to start building this thing. You say the quarterback's name a lot, so you know for Maryland, Talia Tagovailoa. Yeah, him. Now he's <laughs> going by Lee, he's going by Leah this year, but it's Talia Tagovailoa. Right. Yes. So, yeah. but uh, you know he had quite the game. He, he did. Was, he was he was on point in the early part of that ball game. He was. He was very good. And look, he's got one of the best receiving cores in the Big Ten. Ohio State's ranked number one. I'll put Maryland right there at two or three in the Big Ten uh, with the guys that they have: or Kim Jarrett, uh, you know Dante Demas, uh, you, you know Cobb and Jones and and uh, the the like. They're outstanding receivers, and they they certainly the two big guys. Demas and Jarrett showed up for that game on Saturday. Let's talk about the Navy-Marshall game. And for those that don't know, Charles Huff is a graduate of North Carolina High School, used to be a stud running back for them, and uh, he's been bouncing around in college football. Uh, he was uh, working with, uh, the, uh, with Penn State and a lot of other schools. Well, he uh, landed his first head coaching job at uh, Marshall and came in to Navy and Marshall was very impressive. So congratulations to Charles Huff, North Carolina grad. Yeah, 49-7, to the final. Yeah. So I mean, usually Navy doesn't have that done to themselves, period, but especially at home, 464 yards of total offense, 363 in the air, 7.4 yards per play, uh, Mark, 5 of 8 on third down. And here's the crazy thing. They got off 63 plays. Navy had 92, and yet Marshall's defense held them to just seven points in the game. Unbelievable. So uh, Charles' dad is uh, still an official in the area. He does volleyball. Is that right? Yeah, he does volleyball, he does basketball, he's done football. Um, So, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool to see a a homegrown kid. And, again, he came from Alabama's coaching staff, right, as an assistant under Nick Saban. Yep, he was. Great story. So he's he's been around to a lot of different places. But uh, congratulations to Charles Huff on getting that uh, first victory uh, there in college football. Uh, there with Marshall, and, and like you said, really dominating uh, Navy in that contest. All right. and, and one other note, Mark, uh, 
down the road at Salisbury University, senior kicker Bert Schreckengast, who went to Kent Island, as we know, earned the first New Jersey Athletic Conference Special Teams Player of the Week award for this season. He was awarded that on Sunday in eighth-ranked Salisbury's 56-14 season opening win over Albright. The two-time all-conference kicker went a perfect 8-for-8 eight in eight extra points to help the Seagulls get the victory. He also averaged 58.9 yards per kickoff and totaled 530 over nine kickoffs. So congratulations yeah. to him. And uh, former North Carolina grad Joey Biltstein, uh, a running back yes. for uh, the uh, Salisbury uh, Seagulls as well. He had a very good game, uh, too, as I was looking for his. Uh, he had 14 carries for 136 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. Well, so, a run-heavy offense that SU has, he came from the right program there. He was ready to go from Coach McCormick's Carolina program. Yeah, he served as a fullback there for the Bulldogs. Yeah. But it's so cool to see these local players do doing so well and you can follow along with them at shoresportsmd.com we haven't talked much about that um matter of fact when we come back why don't we talk more about it right here time out with shore sports presented by the preston automotive group and this portion of Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Midshore Exteriors, handling your roofing, siding, and gutter needs across the shore. Every detail matters, so let the Master Elite GAF certified and shingle master roofers take care of your home or business today. More info at MidshoreExteriors.com. Time Out with Shore Sports. Presented by the Preston Automotive Group, Mark Potter, Mike Bradley alongside. Thanks for joining us today. So, yeah, we got a brand new venture, Mike, and uh, it's uh, shortsportsmd.com. You can also get to us, overtimelive.net. That'll take you right to the Overtime Live landing page. Um, but uh, an exciting thing because we're reaching out and we're covering more sports. It's not just football. It's all the sports. If you go to the page, check it out. And uh, about 1,200 of you have already found it out. You found it without us telling you about it. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay, yeah so I'm yeah. like, how are they reading these reading these uh, you know, stories and right. checking out these videos when we haven't told anybody? Well, you're finding it. Uh, we just need more of you to find it. Right. But uh, give us time. We're working on working through the process to get more stuff done and more stuff put on there. And Mark, you've been doing a lot of work. I know you were in Kent Island last week covering a number of different of the sporting events that were taking place there. I know you're down at the beach as well covering some golf. Uh, I think in Kent Island you had some maybe some volleyball and some field hockey and, and some football practice and all sorts of stuff. And we're uh, yeah we're working hard as best we can behind the scenes and really building something here. The ultimate goal is that we have high school students from each of these high schools that are taking video and just writing a short little blip about the story uh, that they're filming and send it to us and then we can put it on the website Mm -hmm. you know it's a community effort and to be honest with you it's 100 percent about the kids you know we want to give these student athletes get their names out there and, and give them the street cred because they're the ones doing great things and a lot of times in in the media and a lot of times in a community you only hear about the negatives that kids do 
there's a lot of positives out there, and, and we want to make sure we highlight that. Oh, absolutely. And and being around these kids and, and learning about how hard that they work behind the scenes, not just athletically, but academically as well, and to see them go on to the next level and be successful, it's great to see. But, Mark, you're absolutely right. And just a point about the community effort. I mean, the goal is is that you know the more numbers we could generate and the more popular this all becomes, the more that we can do because we can go out and be able to continue to reach out to our current and hopefully new advertisers as well and build this venture. And the more that we're successful in doing that, the more that we're able to put into this. So your help in the early stages is really needed. So please get out the word about Shore Sports, uh, the website. Of course, you know, we have social media. We're all over you know, Facebook and Twitter. And and uh, do we have an Instagram as well, Mark? I yeah. apologize. I'm yeah, not on yeah. Instagram. I need, I need to. I know Brooke is, so I'll get her to like it. So. We, we've got it all. I, yeah, I think okay. we're even working on a TikTok. Yeah, I mean, so. Mark, you're, you're ahead of the social media game. I, I feel like the old man here. So. You mentioned our sponsors. I think it's yeah. important to, to recognize the sponsors that have signed on. Of course, the Preston Automotive Group, they sponsor everything we do, and we really appreciate Absolutely. that. College Placement Consulting, Hobby Town, mm-hmm. the Edge Training Academy, uh, you know, For All Seasons, Midshore Exteriors, and Octagon Galleria and Hook Optics, their brand-new sunglasses line, Perret Moy Therapy Associates, Queenstown Bank, Johnny's Tavern just yeah. signed on with us, and also um, just signing on with us is Chop Tank Health as well. Mm-hmm. And you can get more information on Chop Tank Health at choptankhealth.org. But, you know, those folks have all come on, and a lot of them are contributors, because if you go to our shoresportsmd.com, you'll find a lot of different information there. We've got, uh, you know, the About Us, it's our story, and you can meet some of our staff there. Uh, we have our overtime live page where you'll find all the high school football stuff. It's Mike and more Mike, and it's more Mike that you could ever want. You know, all on that page. Uh, we've also got a wellness page where you can find mental mental health stuff. There's some training tips there. Uh, the Edge just put together a very cool eight-part get-off-the-couch training exercise series, real simple Great. series, and we'll, we'll put those up twice a week mm-hmm. to get you through that. Uh, we've got a college prep page. So that page is where you can go. College Placement Consulting giving us a lot of information and we'll have some financial information there as well. For somebody that's just putting two kids into college, man, there's information there. Yeah. You know, and Betsy Greeny told me, College Placement Consulting, you, you really need us. And I'm like, I can't afford you. Well, now I can tell you, come from experience, you cannot afford not to yeah. have them because she knows the way and she'll help you out. And it's really not that expensive. But each high school sport will have their own page. Each youth sport that we cover has a page. Adult rec sports and then college sports, the local colleges. I mean, we got Washington. We've got Salisbury. We've got Chesapeake. Chesapeake yeah. We've got UMES all right here on the shore that all compete. Mm-hmm. And then we turn around. And then with the kids that leave here, graduate and play at the next level, we're going to cover them too. You know, what's you know, where are they now? Type things, you know, stuff, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, you you don't necessarily have to go away and staying here on the shore and going to one of those colleges Absolutely. to be able to continue your career is uh, can be just as rewarding for you. Yeah, so a lot of good stuff. I'm excited about this. Uh, Mike and I have been working really hard on it, and we've got a lot more to do. And we're just honestly, we're just getting started. So if you go on there and you see something in Latin, we haven't gotten to that page yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I, I tell. Yeah, Mark. I mean, but we're we, coming. <laughs> we, we are, and we are putting.
put a lot of work into it, and I would just say that you, know, you think about in previous falls, and obviously we didn't, you can't count last fall because of COVID, but you go back to say 2019, 18, 17 with the falls, you know, we put in the work as best we can with Overtime Live, but we're doing so much more now in addition to Overtime Live that, you know, we're we're getting there, but, you know, it's, it, it is a process to build up, but I got to tell you, I, I'm highly impressed, especially with the layout of the website. It looks great, Mark, and, and again, we thank all our advertisers for coming on. iFrog did a great job designing the website. There's no uh, doubt about it. They did. It. They yeah. did. And, and that's important because you only get one chance to make a first impression, and I'm impressed, and hopefully you are as well. I'm very much impressed, and like you said, yeah, hopefully our viewers and listeners are too. Uh, let's wrap up this college uh, football segment as well. Uh, this college football segment is presented by our friends at Hook Optics. Hook sunglasses and an optical galleria. Three locations to serve you. West Ocean City in the Teal Marsh Plaza, uh, downtown Centerville on West Water Street, and downtown Easton on Harrison Street across from the Tidewater Inn. Uh, friendly service, great people, and really take care of their customers. But this new sunglass line, Jake Coleman tried them on, loved them. You know, they're, uh, if you like that C brand or you like the O brand or you like the S brand, and they're expensive. They really are. Now, hook optics aren't cheap either, but they're not as expensive as those. And they're really nice, and they have glass lenses in them and everything. And they're local. Yes, and that's the big thing. They are local, as uh, an optical gallery of Bob and Nicky Pino uh, designed these sunglasses, and they did it with the help of an Italian frame. And the same people that make those C lenses make the hook optic lenses as well but oh, they're making them go. they're making them to the hook optics mm-hmm. specifications right. so and that's a big difference yeah, yeah. and it is top notch I, I love mine i was wearing them at the beach yesterday and they look good mark yeah, yeah. to be honest with you i got two so I have, I got the original plastic lenses, and now I upgraded to the glass. So yeah. now, I, I'll sell you a pair if you'd like. I don't have any <laughs> of the expensive kind, but I'm getting to the end of the wear with the one that I have. And yeah. again, it's it's a cheapie when I'm ready to make that transition. Obviously, Hook will be the place I go to get a prescription one. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. can hook you up. They make their own, you know, if you wear eyeglasses, you know, they cut the glass for you. So they do good stuff. They have an eye doctor. Check them out online, eisenart.net. Let's uh, let's wrap up this college football thing. There's some other games uh, over the weekend. It was a great college football weekend. UCLA knocking off LSU. Yeah. yeah, Chip Kelly, it's been a long road for them. but And UCLA, obviously a basketball school, but he was able to uh, pull the upset off. Those guys looked really good. They ran the football. They were efficient throwing the football. And LSU, look, I know they dealt with having to transfer with the hurricane situation. Uh, last year was tough. They lost coordinators and players. and But... You know, that was a special year that they had with Joe Burrow and such, Mark. It's <laughs> That was one of the best teams of college football seen in a while. So it's going to take, even with LSU, you're not going to get back there overnight. They had a special player in Burrow. They had four of their five offensive linemen back. They had a number of talented receivers like Justin Jefferson, who's now in the NFL with Minnesota. So... It just if you're a Tigers fan, I, I know you're disappointed, but don't expect 2019 to just reappear all of a sudden. Alabama and the University of Miami, 
Alabama looked like they were playing a JV team. 24 nothing at the blink of an eye. Yeah. Well, did Coach Ferragamo said they make most teams look like a JV team. But it is surprising when Miami, you expected it. Look, there's a big difference between number one and number 14. But you expected Miami to be in more of that game. And especially defensively, Manny Diaz being a defensive guy, uh, now the head coach at Miami. That was surprising to see the way that that went down. But look, anybody that doubted Alabama offensively, look, we knew defensively they were going to be strong this year. You just, <laughs> I don't ever doubt them, Mark. I mean, they are, it is what it is. I, I don't know that it's great for college football right now because it's so sure top it heavy. Roll tight. It's top heavy. Well, if you're an <laughs> Alabama fan, it is, but it's so top heavy. But outside of that, yeah, I mean, there, no doubt they continue to, to do what they do. Let's talk about uh, the game that kind of surprised me because after seeing all that scoring with Alabama, you watch Clemson and Georgia, and the, the first half, unless you like defensive football, it was a snoozer. Well, I actually appreciate and I'm an offensive guy, but Mark, with all the scoring and the spread offenses and such we see, I actually like to see old school football. Even though it was a low-scoring game, it was exciting because – one play can make the difference. It really did with that interception return for the touchdown. But you're looking at two outstanding defenses. And while you could say, boy, those two teams' offenses look really bad, yeah, but judge it against the kind of defenses they're playing against. We'll get a better idea when they play some lesser defenses going forward there. But obviously a big win for Georgia, big concern in the college football playoff at the end of the year. Um, it doesn't mean the end of the road for Clemson, but obviously they don't have a large margin of error going forward. One of their receivers Receivers is now out, I think, three to four weeks with a finger injury. And their O-line is still – that was a problem last year to an extent. It's, again, a problem this year. That's uh, an area to watch with them. But also, if you think back, you mentioned the national championship, Chase. Georgia and Alabama, don't they play each other this year? And if nothing else, don't they play in the uh, – wouldn't they play in the SEC championship game? Uh, uh, yeah. They, they yeah. would, yes. Yeah. Correct. So, I mean, yeah. so one of them's going to end up with a loss. You know, so right. you have to wonder how that all shakes out. And Ohio State wasn't that impressive uh, against Minnesota on Thursday night either. Well, I mean, they scored forty-five points, though. I mean, C.J. Stroud, against yeah, he's, Minnesota. He struggled early. Well, that's a Minnesota team back in twenty nineteen that won eleven games and beat Auburn in a bowl game in early twenty. But they've lost. You know, they've lost Rashad Bateman to the Ravens. Their top running back Ibrahim had a good game and then he got hurt, so that's a big loss. But uh, look, they're breaking in a new quarterback. He still had four touchdowns passes. He got it together in the second half. I think Ohio State's going to be fine. They're, they are young at some spots on defense, at linebacker especially, but I, yeah, they'll, they'll be knocking on the door for sure. We'll see how that all shakes out. We'll talk NFL coming up right here on Time Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. This portion of Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast is brought to you by For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center, providing outpatient mental health, psychiatric education, and rape crisis services to the English and Spanish-speaking communities, regardless of one's ability to pay. More info at forallseasonsinc.org. kind of like this new music, our marching band. We've got them on retainer now. <laughs> <laughs> it is I'm doing the high kick here. Time out with Short Sports. Presented by the Preston Automotive Group. I'm Mark Potter. He's Mike Bradley. And, yeah, let's talk NFL. The Week one. Gosh, it seems like, you know, preseason went on for just three weeks. But this off weekend between killed me. 
Well, well, that and you actually had, I think, roughly 16 games, maybe a little less for Dallas at Tampa Bay, but roughly a couple of weeks between the last preseason game and the start of the season. It's almost a, a mini camp, if you will, to get ready for that first game. So it seems like ages since we've seen an NFL game. It, it really is. So, yeah, you mentioned uh, Dallas and Tampa Bay, the 100 percent vaccinated Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yeah. and uh, they are playing Thursday night to kick it all off eight twenty. And I think that's a game. Evidently, Dak is going to be playing. He's going to be okay. And, uh, and and Tom Brady, of course. And, yeah, I'm really looking for Tom Brady and company to make a big statement. Uh, you would expect him to. Uh, here's the thing with Tampa Bay. They brought everybody back. So you take a look at that and say, well, Super Bowl contender again. They've got Brady. You know, best plans laid. It's a long season. We'll see. Obviously, injuries play a big part. But the thing that is scary, though, is that Brady and the Bucks won a Super Bowl last year with really not a lot, at least officially, not a lot of time to get ready and work with one another. Yeah, he did have his workouts with some of the guys. Fair enough. But... The fact that they've had an entire preseason all together normally, or offseason together normally, that is, that is scary because you would expect, at least certainly offensively, that they're going to be on par and then some uh, coming up this season. But you also look at Brady and company. I mean, they didn't have a strong year last year. They just finished strong. They were in the they were in the dance, and uh, you know, it, and it all started with having to come and come back to beat the uh, the Washington football team in the playoffs to to win it all. There was an adjustment period there for Brady and the offense, and and what uh, you know Tampa Bay likes to do, what Bruce Arians likes to do, as compared to what they like to do in New England. So no question mark. They started out, I believe, seven and five. But that's how most teams win the Super Bowl. They get hot at the right time, and they go on that run, and that's how it goes. You know, teams that start off 5-6-0, and six and oh, that doesn't always automatically equate to they're getting to the championship game and maybe the Super Bowl. Uh, for Dallas, I, look, Dallas didn't make a move to bring in a veteran backup quarterback if they could. So I have to assume that even though Dak has been banged up, coming off the surgery and then the shoulder situation, I have to assume that they're not too concerned with him. But I still have my question marks. The O-line was banged up last year. Zach Martin's going to be out for that game uh, because of COVID, I believe it is. So they lose their starting right guard. Uh, that doesn't help matters either. I still have some big question marks about the Cowboys from a health standpoint. And then defensively, they loaded up in the draft, but will those guys do enough to help the offense out this year? We'll see. Some of the uh, the teams that are well-liked by locals around here are 1 o'clock games, and you've got Seahawks and Colts, Jags and uh, the Texans. Whoa, whoa, who likes the Seahawks Colts? They don't. I'm just going through the 1 o'clock games. <laughs> oh, okay. You, you got the, <laughs> Locally, that the, is. The, the Eagles and Falcons. Okay. You know, people like right. the Eagles for oh, some yeah, reason. Uh, the Steelers uh-huh. and uh, with Buffalo, that's going to be a good matchup. Oh, absolutely! Uh, yeah, and then of course you you can't forget my beloved Washington football team, the team with no name for one more year. Uh, they'll host the Chargers and uh, other one o'clock games. You got the Forty ers at the Lions. You got the Vikings at the Bungles. The Jets at the Panthers. The Canadians at the t- the Can- Canadians. The Cardinals <laughs> at the Titans. And uh, that's your one o'clock slate. And, you know, I think Steelers-Bills was probably the best game out of all of those. 
Yeah. I mean, that those are some of the better AFC teams. The Bills and Josh Allen, who's made strides and looked really good in the preseason. Uh, the Bills are you know, obviously one of the teams that you would expect to contend for the AFC championship. You know, the Steelers could be really interesting to see as they make an emphasis to run the football and run it some more and run it to yet again a third time. We're going to see how Matt Canada, their new OC, how that uh, comes about with a shaky offensive line. You know, Big Ben has lost a lot of weight. He feels good. This is likely his last year. So we're going to see how that offense all plays out. But Buffalo, uh, that'll be right a strong game at Buffalo. And, and the Steelers' defense, a lot of folks like them. But, you know, they did lose a few players. So we'll, uh, yeah, definitely an interesting game at 1 o'clock. And one that has a Ravens fan, we'll definitely be keeping our eye on because those are two teams that we're going to have to beat if we want to go anywhere in the playoffs. And, of course, uh, Washington hosting the Chargers. I think that's going to be a big game. They they have to, to, to get the confidence. They need a little Fitz magic in that game, uh, and they need to pull off the victory to go 1-0 on the start of the year. I mean, if it, when he's on, he's on, and he's one of the best. I mean, look, the, the Washington's building uh, a really good team, obviously defensively very strong. Offensively, you've got a decent offensive line. You've got good running back there, and you know, Magic is a veteran. I mean, ultimately, you're going to need to get that long-term quarterback in there. I think at wide receiver, you're solid. So in the NFC East, I mean, the Washington's got you know, a good, good chance of being able to defend their title. A lot will rest on really what Dallas does, and we'll see Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense. That's a big question mark, too. The 4 o'clock games, uh, Browns at the Chiefs. That'll be a good one. Dolphins-Patriots, Broncos at the Giants. The Broncos will blow out the Giants, I think. And the Packers-Saints. Sunday night game, Bears and Rams. And then Monday night, the Ravens and the Raiders, you know, starting in the black hole in Vegas. Yeah, with fans. And that's that's going to be a, a, ruckus, uh, a ruckus crowd. Now, one of the things that Baltimore's always been good about is they've been able to go into any environment, much like New England and Pittsburgh, and it doesn't phase them. So I'm not worried about the crowd or the noise or anything like that. But clearly, with the injury to J.K. Dobbins, there's going to be even more of an emphasis on the passing game and making plays and explosive plays. So there's a little bit more pressure there. Uh, Still, though, they're going to be a running football team. Gus Edwards will have to step up and the other guys that they have there as well. Um, But that's uh, that's going to be, obviously, a challenging game uh, right off the bat, and then they turn around and have a short week with a Sunday night game hosting Kansas City. It's time to ride the bus with Gus. Well, that's right. <laughs> that's absolutely right, and we'll see how that offensive line, uh, which they brought in some new pieces with Zeitler at right guard, Villanueva at right tackle, and uh, you know, Bozeman moves to center. We'll see how that uh, line all plays out, and at left tackle, you get Ronnie Stanley back from injury. We shall see how it goes. So I tell you what, um, when we come back, let's talk about the uh, uh, this coming high school this week. Yeah. When we come back, let's talk about this week in high school sports. And I'm going to put an invite out there for our listeners, too, to play along with us. We've got all that coming up and more right here. Time Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by Queenstown Bank, your hometown community bank, serving the Mid-Shore for over 120 years, convenient online and in-person banking, plus they have money to lend. Get more info at any Queenstown Bank location or go to queenstownbank.com. Yes, the final segment of Time Out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. 
Mark Potter, Mike Bradley. So, uh, we, man, we, we talked about this past weekend's football games. We talked about college games. We talked about the NFL. We talked about the uh, volleyball team at Queen Anne's County High, as well as the field hockey team at Ken Island. And everybody gets started this week all throughout the Bayside with all of the other sports. In fact, uh, a little bit later on today, uh, there is uh, uh, the golf meet down in South Bayside. They're getting together at Ocean Pines. It's a beautiful weather for that. Yes, absolutely. Uh, looks like uh, as far as varsity sports, there's volleyball. Parkside's going to be playing at Decatur. You know, so they're getting started. Um, you've got uh, in girls' soccer, Cambridge and Colonel getting together over at Colonel. Uh, Easton High School playing at Snow Hill. Uh, and then you've also got Mardella playing in North Carolina. Yeah, and the schedule goes on and on and on and on and on. Yeah. And we'll try and have results. As long as the coaches get those results to us, we're going to put them on our uh, page at shoresportsmd.com. Yeah. And I know I reached out the other day with the football coaches with stats and such, and it's a big help if you could do that. And I know a lot of the teams keep the stats, so it's just a matter of whoever's doing it just to send it to us. Mike at shoresportsmd.com. Mark at shoresportsmd.com. It's much appreciated. Again, the more um, input we get from the community, including the coaches, the programs, the ADs, you know, the better that we can make this. I'd love for our listeners to play along with us and make the weekly high school football picks. I like it. I love it. Let's pick against Mike. So (laughs) Mike went 6-0 this week, and uh, we step up. I think we end up with nine games this week, if I'm not mistaken, or seven. Seven games. I, I haven't looked, so I don't want to nail yeah, it down. I, don't know. So, I mean, Decatur has a non-conference game, so right there's going to be an extra game there. Yeah. So we well, we have thirteen teams and they're playing each other, so you kind of divide. So, but anyway, we got a lot of games, and let's talk about this coming week's games. Our uh, overtime live Preston Ford game of the week, presented by Best Western Plus Easton and Four All Seasons, is going to feature Why High at North Carolina. We're back at the Ridge, and I think this is going to be a contest where. It's another physical contest. And why High can win this game, but they've got to be disciplined. No question, Mark. I mean, this is a huge matchup. If you love trench warfare, this is the game for you. We know North Carolina through the years with their wing tee. That's what they do, and they've done it well, and they've been successful, especially in the last five to six years. Wicomico had one of the best run offenses, if not the best in the spring, uh, with their Wildcat offense. They have very good line play. Their O-line coach is outstanding, and they've got a quarterback, Darius Foreman, who's really a converted running back. He's a big guy, and they don't necessarily do a whole lot of trickeration, as uh, as we would say, they just come at you in a couple of different ways, some traps, some counters, some powers, and they get after it. And this is uh, not a game for the faint of heart. And maybe one of the interesting factors will be when both teams do decide to go to the air, how effective will each team be? That may end up being the difference. But, Mark, this is going to be one of those rock'em, sock'em games. And certainly why high does have a chance to go in there and get it done. Tough environment to play in. But they match up very well with the Bulldogs. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And that being said, North Carolina has to keep their cool and play with discipline as well because we've seen them in the 
the spring where they weren't so disciplined. Yeah, and even in week one's matchup against Queen Anne's, they had a few issues there as well. And, you know, penalties. I mean, it all comes down. We talk about penalties and turnovers. I mean, that that's an automatic every week. But this is going to be an interesting game because I know for why high they want to say that they've arrived. They haven't said that, and they know that they have to build that resume to do it. So this would be a big win for not only their program, but also, you know, for the Bayside South where – You've had Parkside be consistent, but now, you know, Y High stepping up, Decatur stepping up, so hopefully you're getting more teams that are better coming out of the South. Looking forward to that. It's uh, using Mike Bradley's power pole. It's one versus three. Correct. So the next game is uh, Kent Island, and they're traveling to Colonel Richardson, and there's a reason they play the game, but at the same time, you know, this is almost like a David versus Goliath team. Yeah, it's a tough start to the schedule for Colonel. Weren't supposed to play Wicomico, as you mentioned earlier, but ultimately end up getting them week one and then Ken Island. You know, I, without giving too much away, yeah, I mean, Ken Island certainly comes into this game as the favorite. Uh, they're a solid team. They return a lot of starters. And I think they're certainly on a mission this year uh, to uh, go as far as they can go. They know they're a talented team. And. You know, this is a game that ultimately they should have, but you know, Colonel's not going to roll over and play dead. You know, they've got eleven to thirteen seniors on that squad. It's a home game for them, and they're going to want to bounce back. Look, Mark, they play Wicomico, uh, one of the best teams. So Kent Island, it's not going to be like, oh wow, this is a wake up call for them or a shocker. You know, they, they played the tough competition, so Kent Island won't be any different than what Wicomico was from a talent standpoint. The next game is Stephen Decatur going into the Hinlopen Conference to play Indian River, a team that lost their last two games last year. They did play in the fall, um, and they haven't played they yet did. this year. Um, Correct. They had a scrimmage last week. Yeah, they end up having a scrimmage. So, Well, last week was week zero for the Delaware team. So some Delaware teams played Maryland teams. Those teams will likely have buys later in the year. But the season really for Delaware teams does begin this week. So that's why IR is one of those that did not play in zero. Week so, zero. So they'll be playing uh, Indian River uh, coming up. And a game I would expect Stephen Decatur to win. Yeah, I, I'm still trying to study Indian River. Uh, Coach Coleman talked highly about the team in terms of the size that they have and the beef that they have. Yeah, I mean, again, he may have been overstating that a little bit. Uh, the Indian River has been okay over the last couple of years in the South, but they've been around a 500 team. If you go back a little bit further beyond, say, five years, it's a team that won a state championship and I think got close or maybe lost in another one. Uh, Jamie Jarman was a guy that ended up playing at, at Delaware ultimately for them. I expect this to be a game that should be close. Yeah, I would maybe give a slight edge to Decatur in this one. I would. Um, but this ought to be a good non-conference game, and it's a, a rivalry game that's now back on the schedule that had fallen off for the last couple of years. So it's really good to see. But again, look, Henlopen uh, Conference football in general is good football. But yeah, I'll give a little bit of the edge to Decatur, especially having played already. Easton's going to be taking on Kent County uh, coming up uh, this Friday as well. Uh, this It's a bounce-back game for Easton. Yeah, it needs to be. It absolutely needs to be for them. They need to, you know, 
continue to work with what's or excuse me, they need to continue to run what's working for them as we heard that may have been the case that they got away from that in the second half but clearly they could see Kevin O'Connor could run he could throw obviously he'll be the point guy there and I think defensively playing a four-quarter game as, as coach McGlinchey talked about is going to be really important he said Mike they could be really good if they want to so I think four quarters will be the theme from them and obviously as coach said they got to get back in shape we'll get our first get shape. we'll get our first look at Parkside they're going to be playing uh, J.M. Bennett at County Stadium uh, and then of course uh, the game after that uh, will also be Cambridge uh, taking on Snow Hill. It'll be a nice get-back game for Cambridge. Snow Hill playing their first game of the year, just like Parkside. Yeah, and as Coach Peer talked about, they don't really have much video to go on. They'll have to go back to the spring on that, which is okay. Uh, but there's a, another challenge Cambridge is facing. But, yes, you would like to think for Cambridge that having played a tough opponent uh, in Milford, coming back home, you, you'd certainly think they would be the favorite in that one. Snow Hill had COVID issues. But you know they were better and more competitive in the spring, Mark, with their spread offense. We find out, though, that the freshman quarterback who played a lot last year as a sophomore now, he's not going to start for them. They're going to go with a senior quarterback there so they obviously feel like that guy gives him the advantage a little bit but yeah you'd have to favor the vikings in that one and queen anne's getting a bounce back game they'll play against washington uh coming up on friday as well so yeah a couple of really good games and a couple of potential snoozers as well but uh, nonetheless there's a reason you play the game and it's just good to see these kids back on the field Absolutely, 110%, because we had three teams that missed week one because of COVID. Let's hope that we don't have any of those issues this week. And a lot of other games across all the other sports as well. Follow along, shoresportsmd.com, and that leads me to this. So make your high school football picks for this week, and you can send them to me at mark at shoresportsmd.com. Mark at shoresportsmd.com, and uh, you're going to be competing against Mike Bradley's picks. And what we'll do is at the end of the season, okay, at the end of the season when all is said and done, all right, if there's more than one person that has beat Mike's picks over the course of the year, then we'll have a drawing for a gift pack. Nice. All right, and in okay. that gift pack, there'll be some gift cards, and there'll be a uh, Sport Clips MVP experience as well. By the way, Jay Coleman says he's still waiting for his Sport Clips I'm MVP sure experience. Is. I'm sure he is. He wanted uh, to know if Coach Coleman won the, well, or Coach McCormick won that on Friday. Yeah. I said no. He yeah. did not. Well, it's a Sport Clips uh, where the uh, MVP Sport Clips haircut goes to a player. To a player, right? So, but you know what? Jake Coleman will get him one. In fact, <laughs> you need to. I, I think I'm going to take him personally to uh, the Sport. Clips in Salisbury. And there you have a video right there, Mark. Yes, right I, there. I think we're going to do that. He says he cuts his own hair. Let's yeah. let a professional Yeah, go. let's let a professional. Yeah. And we'll have him, you know, when he gets that MVP experience and they take him back and they do that head massage, right. we're going to have on camera where he's moaning and, and <laughs> enjoying the relaxation <laughs> uh, from that head massage. So, yeah, and then uh, we'll have that. So, yeah, I'm going to have to take him personally to the Salisbury location. See, there are bits that we can do within this Shore Sports MD venture. I love it. Absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for us. We're going to wrap it up for today. Uh, We've covered the gamut. 
My goodness. We really have, alive. and I love it. And this, I, I'm telling you, I, I love getting together each week, Mark, and doing this. And this is, uh, this is a real added bonus because in the years previous, we only met Friday nights. Now we get to meet another day of the week. Yeah, Brooke lets you out. My wife lets me out, and we can do this. <laughs> They're more. more than happy to do yes, that. Yes, that's for sure. <laughs> hey, coming up next week, you'll want to check in next week because we're going to be talking with Betsy Greeny from College Placement Consulting. Mm, yep. and we're going to talk, I think, about the recruiting process. So because kids are starting to get recruited, and uh, we'll be talking more about that next week with her right here on Time Out with Shore Sports. That's a must listen. Presented by the uh, Preston Automotive Group. That's going to do it from us. Uh, Hey, get out and see a high school game or a youth football game or a youth soccer game. Get out and support our kids on the shore. And again, uh, make sure you feel free to share this. Share it for people to uh, listen. And uh, whether you have a sports team or what have you, share it on those pages if you would. And uh, be don't be afraid to tag us as well. If you have story ideas, things you want us to talk about, Mark at ShoresportsMD.com. He's Mike at ShoresportsMD.com, whether it's for the podcast or whether it's for the website, because we're not going to be a sports a results-oriented website. We're going to be where you go for features and neat stories and things like that, a behind-the-scenes type thing. Content. It's right. what we want to bring you, and uh, we hope to be able to do that as well. ShoresportsMD.com. Please feel free to go there and check it out and share that, uh, too. And uh, good luck to all the sports teams this week. Mike, yeah. you have anything else you want to add? No, I'm just looking forward to a big matchup Friday night that will join you. And, yeah, again, best wishes to all teams this fall. The summer practice is over. Now it's time to hit the field and play some games. Yes, it it is time out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. For Mike Bradley, I'm Mark Potter saying so long. We'll catch you next Tuesday. You've been listening to the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Look for another timeout soon here on ShoresportsMD.com.